when they made a nail and the nail and the hammer got together and put that board together and someone said, I got a screw and a screwdriver. The nail didn't suddenly become irrelevant. The nail got used less because the screw is better. Look at what it can do. Today I'm fortunate enough to have a good friend back. I haven't seen him since April of last year. Dylan Monahan. This guy and I, we're like brothers from a different mother. I mean, it's, it's just wonderful. The man's a linguist. He was a pilot while he was in the Air Force, retired as a lieutenant colonel. He used to do a podcast called 555. I just recently found out that he stopped doing that. He's gonna tell us what we're doing. I saw him, he told me he was gonna be here in Tokyo again. I'm not sure where he's living. He might be in Egypt, he might be living in Dubai. I don't know where he's living. But he's gonna tell us all what he's doing right now. So without me taking up any more of this time, let's talk to my man, Dylan. <laughs> How you what doing, an introduction. Man? Outstanding. Say. You know why I'm here today? Why are you here? <laughs> and I like the hat, by the way. Look, I just bought this. <laughs> I just bought the same hat. I, I wish you'd told me because I would have had mine on. I have a white, I have a, a, a one that's kind of tan, and then I have a black one. All right. I got I to gotta break some of this. So I've been reborn. I came back. Uh, they say when the student is ready, the master will appear. Okay. And I've always wondered what it is I'm going to do in the world. What is it that Dylan gets to do? And you mentioned I was a pilot. Great, I was in the sure. Air Force. I did some things. But it didn't feel like me. That was just a thing I did. And then it hit me one day, just out of the blue. And uh, so the first thing I did is I, I took all the hair off. Okay. And when you do that, and I'm walking a lot. I walk everywhere. Right. Thanks to Corona, I learned I could walk. There you go. And when you have no hair, you need a way to keep that sun off. And then I started getting a lot of compliments with the hat, so the hat stayed. And it's always been the same hat? That I hat. have a couple hats. Okay. I'm, I'm growing into this. All this right. is my, uh, I'm going to go see Mr. Lee. I got to put on the good hat. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been? How long have you been here now? I just got here. I'm, okay. I'm just touch and go. So uh, where are you living now? I'm a nomad, digital nomad. Oh, you're going wherever you feel like going when you feel wherever like going. Wherever we're going. Okay. And so it is, it's the world that we're in today where you can be anywhere. And countries are making it easier for you to get in and out. I'd have to say I'd, I'd love to go back to Dubai. I was just there in December. Okay. And uh, when he said he wanted to make the best place to live in the world, and he's putting his money where his mouth is. Have you been? Yes. My son, I thought? just came back. What do you think? Listen. As soon as we got into customs, as soon as you come in, yeah. and the guys were up there, my son told me, because he'd been there many times prior to right. me, he said, Dad, you're gonna love this place. Yeah. So I walk up, and the guys that check your passport when you come up look like my family members. So I said, look, um, can we take a picture? Yeah. And Eric, they said, no, no pictures, no, no, no pictures. Yeah. And we had a bunch of people behind us. And I said, I just wanted this because you look like my family. Right. And he said, and there were three guys sitting on the bottom and one guy sitting up, you know how it is, yeah. one guy behind yep. them yep. looking at the three there. Yep. And all in their whole, listen, if I show you, I have to, sh I should show you, wait, wait. <laughs> he said, I'm sorry, but we cannot um, let you take pictures. Right. And then he looked at me and said, well, he said, come over here, he called me, and yeah. made everybody wait. Right. And nobody said a thing. No, no, yeah. No, no. <laughs> nobody said a word. <laughs> they came up to me, he and I took one, and I said, do you mind if my son comes in? He got the other two guys down, got the guy up on the top, 
and we took this picture. Oh, look at that. Oh, the domino feet. Look at we this. We took this picture. That's me <laughs> and Lance, yeah. and these are the three guys who were doing it. Yeah. And the guy that's on the top took the picture. Yeah. This Everyone is no that joke. Everybody out from the this, middle of they, the day. And they did not say a word. Nobody said a word. This was fantastic. So I'm going to make sure I put this up. You'll probably see it. I'm going to put this picture up so everybody can see the picture that I had on. As a matter of fact, let me just show you. Maybe I can do this way. This is the picture. And it's no joke. That was me and my son. And then Lance and I are there. Okay, because of course you can see the grand. Absolutely. Okay, right? And then wait. But this is what we did. I said, Lance, let's go get our stuff made. Yeah. No, no, listen. Let me show you. Let me show you. And we met a sheik while we were there. Wait, wait. That's me and my son. Then we met this cool sheik. That cat was <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> We were doing it, man. All right. Me and my son just walked around all over. And I asked, would people be offended by doing this? They said, no. As a matter of fact, they would love it. They would really, really think it was nice. They did. Everyone treated I it so I got a quick nice. question for you. When you were dressed like that and you walked in someplace, let me, let me take one more look. Everyone thought we spoke Arabic. Yeah. Yeah, you got it right. You know, you know what the difference is right here? See how, see how clean and shiny that is? Yeah. Well, we, we asked them for the best cotton. I said, and they said, they said the, our best cotton is made in Japan. So yeah. to give us that. So he gave us the best cotton we put on yeah. our sandals. We were kicking it, man. I said, shoot. <laughs> we were done. Now, I don't know how you found that picture so fast, because I got to find mine in here. I put mine in. I put the ones I like that I know I'm going to be showing a lot, because I'm a little stories ready. I thought I had mine set up like that, but it seems that I've, I've modified. Because looking at your photographs anyway. from Dubai made me think of my little trip to Dubai. And Why? You know, I just sold this. You never got in it, did you? No, no. Okay, we, I've yeah, never been in any of your cars. Yeah, okay. Everything we've done right. has been out in the world. Okay. And, and you know, I'm a big fan of you. Okay. Why am I here today? When you have, I mentioned that when the, the student is ready, the master will appear. Right, right, right. Every time I've had a shift in my life, something that just went from one direction to another, you've been there at each of those junctures, just little junctures. And I go, what? Well, why is it that Lance is always here right when I'm about to go do something different? He's like my, my mental, spiritual leader, and I start watch what you do. You bring people up. Mm -hmm. You go out, you touch everybody, and you bring them up. You don't leave them there. Mm. You don't walk through and say, look at me. You go, hey, what are you doing? Is that what you want to do? And then you take that story, and you don't just stop there. You then share that story with everyone else. So everyone gets a piece. Thank you. That's so nice. That's why I'm here today. Yeah. How do you get that talent? And I said, you don't get it. You just do it. You be it. You don't wait. You don't ask. That's what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned getting dressed up. Well, I went to Dubai. <laughs> Did you kick it? <laughs> and <coughs> of course, my pictures are not as organized as yours. I'm still scrolling well, through. I take you have your too story, many. The one, the picture you find, put a love, you know, a heart next to it, so it gets in your favorites. It was there. It okay. had favorites. Apparently, I was doing something else and unplugged. Okay. Oh, did you? I got too many favorites. Okay. I got too many things. Mm. Or, or maybe it's just that. Um, you don't need to show it now. Yeah, it's not time. We'll pull it up in right. a second here. But when I saw your photograph, it just echoed. You talk about brother from another mother. You did the same thing. Same <laughs> thing. How long did you walk same around? Same thing. All Two day? days. Two days, yeah. And so, you know, you dressed up, 
I got the right facial hairs. I got things right. going on. That's the one thing I can't do. The, the one thing I feel bad you about. You couldn't do it? Listen, <laughs> it's going to look like somebody stuck here. <laughs> sir, no, I look, sir, I you missed the bad. spot. I look bad. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, it looks like somebody did a bad shave job. So if I do, but I can grow only this and here. I can go down to here. Here and here. But you still have on top, so you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I decided that all these guys were just revolting. They were taking off, going, taking a trip somewhere else. I said, well, fine, I'll, I'm going to send the rest of you off early. So <laughs> they were all gone, but I got this left. Yeah. So we walk in the restaurant, made a, res a reservation, a very nice restaurant, and I uh, walk in, and the staff starts bouncing off the walls, looking left and right. They, I could see the nervousness flowing off of them. And I look at them, and I go, and he, he approaches me in Arabic. I was like, hey, uh, Dylan here, got a reservation. He goes, looks down at a little paper, says, looks at me. <laughs> it was a packed house. There were no empty seats. Every seat has been reserved. And when someone shows up, when the Emiratis show up, they take a table that they want. That's right. They don't ask. And so here's this guy going, who do I have to kick out tonight to make room for this guy? No one told me he's coming. How come these people, how come I don't get no work? Right. I'm just a dude from New York. And he looked at me, <laughs> looked at me. We pulled it off too good. That's right, tell me about it. I just looked, I said, shoot. No, I could do, I, when, I was, when I was there, the third day I told Lance, okay, I'm, I'm good. We didn't have, but we stayed for 10 days. But I told Lance, I said, now I got it. This is, this is Las Vegas on steroids. That's how I felt. Where, where did you stay? City? We say, we say he had his right. Lance has been there so many times and he was doing his car business. Right. So he had to look at a Lamborghini that was there. Right. That's the yellow Lamborghini. I don't know if you saw it. And he had it in one of his friend's parking spaces. Mm -hmm. And then we went around to see all of the dealers that he deals with. Not all of them, but a lot of them. So we stayed. The hotel we were in, I can't, what's the name of it? But it's connected to a mall. Oh, yeah. What's the name of it? It's, it's right Th on. There's a couple. I, I didn't say okay, that one. But, but yes. it's not right on this. I mean, it's a beautiful hotel. Yeah. I mean, beautiful. Um, and we were set up. We were, you know, but, but Lance yeah. and I just had a great time. So I, I said, yeah. I, I don't know Dubai, and I want to learn. Yeah. So we did resort, city, and desert. So I one of each. Okay, okay, okay. And let me tell you. If something wasn't right, they worked hard to make it right. And when I heard the statistic that 90% of Dubai is expats, well, I live in Tokyo. I don't know how Tokyo works. 90% expats. They'd be like, everywhere I went, I would never see an Emirati. That would be like, imagine Tokyo with no Japanese people. That, that can't be. And we get to the airport, and I go, I think there's one, there's one. You leave the airport, and that's it. Everybody's from somewhere else. Walking around there. And it was incredible getting along. It, religion, we're all good. What do you want to do? Do your thing. Which country from? Do your thing. You do your thing, we'll do our thing, we're all going to get along. I said, I asked everybody I met, literally everybody I met, am I just seeing the good part? You know, take me to the bad part. Show me where this isn't working. And I said, well, sir, uh, we work 12 hours a day, two to a room. That's our living condition. But when we get a day off, it's, it's completely ours. But I mean, it's a long, hard day for us, and we don't have the big houses. So, uh, yes, but, but all of our expenses are taken care of. 
our transportation to and from work is taken. I don't have to think about that. All the money I make is mine. Send money home, do things, live in this beautiful city. I can't buy the things you buy, but there's another market for me. I said, you like it here? He says, love it. I met Indians, Pakistan, Russian, Ukraine, UK, you name it, I met somebody from everywhere. And everywhere I went, like I said, when uh, something didn't go right at the hotel and we were getting a ride to the next hotel, the manager, the general manager jumps into his BMW 7 Series and says, I'll just take you. The general manager is, dri is driving us, not his staff, he didn't send his staff off. He says, I'll take you. And it wasn't like it was something that what, bad happened. I don't remember what happened. I couldn't find the phone number for the taxi company. I don't remember. Something ridiculous. It wasn't his mm -hmm. fault. It was me. I couldn't do it. And he <coughs> just says, I'll take you. Mm. Everywhere we went was like that. Wow. How long? You stayed there for how long? Ten days. Ten days. Oh, same thing. Same thing. The same thing. Did it over New yeah. Year's. Went and did the... Uh, Big fireworks, fantastic! Okay, right. at the uh, the, at the Atlantis right. had dinner downstairs in the, in the aquarium. You sit down mm -hmm. there with the fish. The fish are looking at hey, you're not eating fish, in there, are you? <laughs> so what are you doing now? You've gotten leaner because you weren't big. You never, I've never I've seen never you big anyway. I've been. I was big. I was 220 pounds. Well, I didn't see you peak. then. I didn't know that. I'm good. I didn't you know you then. That was a that was a dark time. Okay. But I didn't know it. When I got on the scale of the doctor's office. And the doctor told me my weight and my cholesterol and all the other numbers. I thought he was talking about somebody else. I said, Doc, you got the wrong chart. I'm, I kid you not. I said to the doc, you've got the wrong chart. That is not me. He says, sir, this is you. How long had you been out the service? Three years. Okay. He says, if you keep this up, you are going to die. And I remember that was like that, the light. That really is my number? I hadn't been weighing myself, and yes, I, I had a bigger jacket, a pup tent. If I sat down, I had, a little, I had my own little table to put a cup on. But it never registered. When I look in the mirror, I didn't see that. Isn't that weird how the, the body, the mind makes stuff up? That's what the same thing that happens with people that have anorexia. What they see is completely yeah. different than how they really look. Right. They keep on thinking they're fat. Yes. And so I turned around, and I... I went from, that was 99 kilograms, I got to 83, didn't do anything special, just started moving more and eating less, stopped eating bread. I wasn't trying, and I got to 83, and I thought 83, that's my number, and I've been 83 for a long time. And then, I did one more thing. It's fascinating. I measure everything. Just let me see what I do in my day. When was I sleeping? When was I on Instagram? Uh, when did I brush my teeth? You know, what did I eat? What time did the day? I just started recording everything for about three or four days. I was writing this book called Single Threading. What book is that? I'm <laughs> glad you asked. <laughs> right here, Lance. That's what I'm talking about. Wait, you know what we got to do? Single threading. Okay. Hang on. We, we, we got to do this right, Lance. Art, just do. We got to do this right. Look at this. I'm getting a book signed right here by my buddy Delin. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. The thanks are all to you. Thank you don't you realize so much. how much you've influenced me. You have really? no idea. You're going out there living your life, doing your thing. You bump into me every once in a while. You don't know when you bump into me, you've redirected me in another direction. Right. Well, you're looking good, so I'll take credit for that. <laughs> do it. You're looking do it. really good, man. <laughs> Shoot. To Lance, my brother from another mother.
keep doing great. Thanks. Oh, that's nice, Dylan. I like this. So tell me about your book. What's the, the book? Let me see. It says, The Art Just Do of, oh, it says, The Art of Doing More by Doing Less. Just do one thing. Just do Create, one okay, thing. Okay, that's good. Dylan Money. Yeah, host of 555. See, as I said, so when you get the book, when you get this book, you'll see that where he was host of 555, and that was on this app called Clubhouse. Oh, I did that for two years idea. straight. Never missed so a day. Every day, 5 You did it for two years. Yeah, two years. Because I, I, I went to right after you told me about it. That was last year. Mm -hmm. So you must have stopped there. I went a couple of times and heard you talk. And I said, oh, that's neat. And you were doing it, teaching people how to speak Japanese. We did everything on that show. I right. stopped it this year in February. And I stopped it without warning, without preparation, because I realized I hit a wall. And I went, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I love this show, but what I want to do is help more people. I want to reach people. And the show, Clubhouse, as you know, the numbers started going down. People started doing other things. Corona wasn't around, so people were outside. If you're outside, you don't need to be on the app. So I watched my numbers go from 300 to 200 to 100 people in the show down to 18, 20, 18, 20. So it was loyal, 18, 20 people. Love all of you. Thank you so much. But I said, if I'm spending all of this time and this energy, where is it going? Am I really having that impact? I said, what am I doing? And I realized, this is weird, but I realized I spent all my time doing everything mm -hmm. and not doing any one thing. I wanted to teach Japanese, but I wasn't focused. I was running the 55 show. I was taking care of work things. I was everywhere. So this book, Single Threading, is if you want to get more done, don't be doing everything. Do that one thing until it is done. And this book came out of that. So this book, I have seven book projects sitting on the back burner for years. This one came out in three months. Five hours a day, three months solid. That's nice. With another 2,000 hours of research behind it. Why is it that we don't do these things? What is different about us humans? And it turns out, it's right here. Mm -hmm. The little thing called the brain. We think we are one thing. I've seen, Sadhguru also talks about, uh, you are an individual, don't divide yourself. I said, well, I'm, I'm gonna divide myself. Me and Sadhguru are going to differ on this. Because your brain sits behind, back here. It has no windows to the world. It's in a dark little room. Every piece of information it gets from the outside. Your eyes feed it, your fingers, your taste, everything in your body. 11 million bits of information every instant are going through this cranium. We get 35, 40 tops over here in our intellectual space. But 11 million are going in. The brain's lying to us most of the time, like I told you about my weight. <laughs> I didn't see it. The brain hit it. It says, you're, you're good, sir. You're fine. Keep on going. Why? The brain does not care about the body. Think about it. If you're out in the mountains, you're out there, uh, you're hiking, and uh, it starts to get too cold. You can't move, and you're stuck. What does the brain do? The brain goes, well, I'm going to take care of me. Shuts down the blood flow to your feet, your fingers, you get frostbitten. It will literally get rid of body parts to take care of itself. It does not care. You're overweight? It says, eat some more. There's no one out there overweight going, wow, I guess I should just stop. Right? Because the brain only takes care of itself. It's very selfish. It takes 20 to 30% of your energy for itself. And then says, please give me more. 
So here's what I was telling you about before, how I lost so much weight. So I'm at 83, and I was writing down all the things I was doing and eating and tracking. And what surprised me is how much I was eating between meals. I didn't know. If you ask me at night how much I ate, I said, I only eat one, one meal today. I'm only, I told you I was only eating one meal a day. How come I'm not losing weight? I, so when I started tracking it, like, I've been eating all day. Got some nuts over here, got some grapes over here, got a piece of cheese over there, had a, a latte over here, made some coffee. It's like all day long. That's okay. Yeah. So what's the first thing I did? It says, I'm making coffee with milk and six ounces of maple syrup. Every day I've had five of those. But I also weigh myself three times a day. And I could see a direct line between the coffee and the weight. So I said, let me just cut off the milk and the sugar, black coffee only. And at first, my body resisted. So where's my sugar? It's like, hey, 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 Dylan, put the sugar in. I said, no, I told you, I'm not doing the sugar. It's me and the brain. So me and the brain have a little conversation. I stopped the sugar. Three days later, I noticed all my weight. So when you eat, the effects are three days later. Three days later, the weight just came off. I went from 83 to 82 to 81 to 79 to 78, 77. I hit 76 kilograms and I went, I'm a different person from a cup of coffee. Weirdest thing next, when you cut sugar out of your diet, you don't need sugar anymore. You don't crave sugar. You don't want sugar. Guess what happened next? I didn't even feel like having those snacks in between. So I started eating broccoli, take a break, and then eat some kind of steak, beef, chicken, eat anything I want. No limits, no, no diet. No hunger till the next morning what at 10 o'clock. No dessert. If I want dessert, I'll eat dessert, but okay. I, I don't have a desire. Like the, the idea of I want something sweet and sugary is gone. You can bring out a chocolate cake right there, and I look at it and I go, not for me. I'm not even interested. I just had, I bought a donut, beautiful donut in Ebisu yesterday. I got it and, and I had a sliver about this big and I was like, I'm good. Unbelievable. When you stop eating sugar, you're no longer the slave to the machine. And the brain just, it'll swap. It'll swap over and go, oh, you don't do that? All right, I'll move. So we are in charge of our brain. We have to do that. So many people forget that. That's what I want to talk about today. Okay, let's talk, are you talking about Your it now? Your brain. All right. You are not your brain. And when you recognize that, it's almost like someone opens a window and lets light into the room. You've been in the room your entire life. You know the room. You know where everything is. But all of a sudden, you can see better. You look around and go, what's all this? You still have to decide to do something next. You can't just know it and be good. You now have to make a decision. My first decision was to take my hair off <laughs> because I wanted to pass by in the mirror and see the difference. I wanted to see something different because otherwise I changed, but I couldn't see it. You know what I mean? I see. So when you see the difference, you go, what do I do next? The book, what do I do next? Work on a new program now. Why do you think people have to struggle learning a new language? What is it about Japanese? One of the hardest languages in the world to learn, Japanese. You speak Japanese. This is no, right, no wrong answer. What do you think the problem is that prevents most people from learning to speak Japanese? Just you, from your perspective or you yourself, just mm -hmm. you yourself. No, first of all, I remember when I first came to Japan, there was this prevailing 
belief that it was very difficult to learn Japanese. And then all of a sudden, these kids from Australia came here and they were knocking it out of the park. They were beating all the, even Japanese, <laughs> Japanese contests because they had started doing it in schools, in the elementary schools. But from that time on, it changed. So now people come over here within a year, they're fluent. Within a year, that makes me upset, but I think it's a mind shift. It's just like the mile, when somebody, I forget the distance they ran in, but as soon as that was broken, everyone around the world started breaking that, that, that distance or that time. And I think learning language is the same thing because we're not limited Absolutely. by this. Absolutely. Yeah. We're not limited by this, but we want, it's that belief. Are you familiar with Christian science? Yes. Okay. I studied that for a short while and they believe, one of the beliefs is that this is all an illusion. Okay. That's why if someone comes in, let's say you go to the church and someone comes in, they're limping and they have a cast on or something. If they want to have a kid, they might have a band-aid. You're not supposed to say anything about it because it's really an illusion. They have to get out of that illusion, right? So I asked to one of the practitioners, what happens if my hand gets cut off? They said, some illusions are too great for you to be able to deal with. So you should go to a doctor and have it reattached. But for the most part, it's still all an illusion. And I said, that's an interesting concept. A very interesting concept. But that's one of the things their, their religion goes into. And it was founded by a woman by the name of Mary Baker Eddy. And she's supposed to be the second coming of Christ. Their belief. So I almost, I almost joined that religion. Almost did. Join my religion. I feel like I should yeah. start one. There you go. Why not? You can't. And I had a book on a hundred different jobs you can create and religion was one of them. Absolutely. I'll never forget that. <laughs> it's a start your own religion. I sat down with, uh, with my son yesterday and we we're talking about well, how much money you want to have in the bank. Mm -hmm. Just make up a number. And he said a million dollars. I said, great. So how do you get a million dollars? I don't know. So make something up. It does how old is your son now? He's 15. 15, okay. I said, there's no wrong answer. Make it up. What do you want to do? So I'll talk to people. I said, great. We're going to do that. Million dollars talk to people. So we ran the numbers. To make a million dollars by talking to people. Fifty-two weeks in a year, we'll take two weeks off, so we'll just do fifty weeks. All I have to do is talk to twenty people in a week and get them to give me a thousand dollars. That's a million dollars a year. Simple math. That's it. Twenty people, a thousand thousand dollars each. And why I say that in that kind of perfunctory manner is you talk about that Christian science saying it's all illusion. Well, I think each one of us has our own illusion. And so if someone says they saw this or saw that, I said, well, that was what you, that's what you saw. You and your brain created your world, and that's what you see. Remember that dress? Everyone was like, is it blue and gold, or is it well, yellow and whatever the oh, color That's right. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yes, that they had that too. It depends on how you focused on it. It was you. It was but your brain. That's right. You remember those things they used to have where they had people either look like they were kissing or it could be something yeah. else, those type of things. It depends on how you look at it. Absolutely. That's so true. And so if you can do that with an illusion right in front of you. That's right. Oh, did you know about your eyes? You think you see everything, right? You have literally a patch about this big That's all. of vision. Yes. And your eyes are running all over, adding it up, feeding it to your brain. So if you go blind, if you have macular degeneration, your brain will still see things. You'll 
there's nothing here. You'll walk in the cars, objects, the brain. That's the magic. So if it is the brain, and if language is all about belief, and I agree with you, and if all the language schools you see in Japan for learning Japanese start with, this is every teacher, I apologize for all you language teachers that don't do this. Please stop doing this. Stop from today. Ah, Japanese are very difficult. And then people start with hashi, 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 right? Bridge, chopsticks, edge of a table. I don't get that pronunciation right. I can't get the tones right. I'm, I'm okay because never, ever in my 30 years in Japan, if I walked into a restaurant, had the wrong tone for hashi and had them say, you want a bridge now? They're in a restaurant. It makes sense. You want the chopsticks. We don't have any confusion around that. So starting your first lesson with look how difficult Japanese is, here's some difficult things where they sound the same, is irrelevant. I start with the easiest things. I go, here's something really easy you can do in Japanese right now. Every person right now on this planet knows 10 Japanese words. And most people say, that's not true. I say, sure it is. You just need to add to that. Tsunami, Japanese word. Head honcho, there you go. Honcho, Japanese word. You got a, you got a futon? Futon, that's Japanese word. We can keep on going until you go, I do know some Japanese. And you build on that. I think the number one problem people have with learning Japanese, not starting sooner. It's too hard. I'll start later. I'll have more time later. You know, you never have more time later, right? You never know how much time you have. You, you know how much time you right now. Right now, we have, we have now, right now. That's all you have. That's all you have. Tomorrow, the next moment, the next second, because someone's dying now, isn't guaranteed. And this, the way that we have it now. This is it. And the, and the more time you spend, if you're being aware of what's taking place, the more gratitude I think you give for this experience. I don't want to do it again. I mean, if, if there's a such thing as reincarnation, I do not want to do this again because I want to do something else. And for some reason I feel like I've done this a couple of times. It's just really, it's enjoyable, but it takes time. And I feel like I'm going to be here a while. But I do believe in euthanasia. What's your next mission? This is it. My next mission is basically getting up to 300 people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I shouldn't say people, 300 interviews, yes. because I have people on more right, than once. Right. 300 episodes, 300 episodes, and then continue from there. But I will think How about it. now? I'm at, um, I only have 20 more. But actually, the last one is my son's interviewing me, and I already nice. have it. Nice. It's, already, it's already, I'm just having edited it up. 19 more. That's all, 19 more interviews. I can do that. <laughs> I can do that any time. Absolutely. But I want to finish it before October makes three years I've done this podcast. Yes. yes. And to me, that's the fascination. When I did the 555 show, it started as kind of a whim. And I kept doing it every day. I'm like, I just wanted to wake up in the morning. That's why I did it. I'm a night owl. I don't wake up in the morning. That was one of those moments. What do you mean, Dylan, you are a night owl. You don't wake up in the morning. Well, wake up in the morning. I said, could I do that? Because I'd never done it before. 50-odd years old, how, how could I change? So I started changing by getting up and not missing the show. I made that my goal. I don't care if I went to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. I did the 5.55 show. You, you couldn't take a day off. And that was the switch. That's when I realized that I had a bubble around me, my own reality that I had failed to create. So single threading, that's what we're creating. The next thing I'm creating, 
I'll talk to 20 people a week at $1,000, make a million dollars. Prove that that can happen. Me and my son sat down yesterday. I'll go do that. I'm going home later today, and I'm going to my first little questions, and I'll, I'll ask. Please give me $1,000. Here's why. Why would you give me $1,000? That's what I have to create. Mm -hmm. If you create that. Are you using by any chance chat? What is that? GPT. Yes, Okay, I then am, I was say you should. But it's not in the way you would imagine. Um, most it's people, a tool. So, you know, oh, thank you so much. People are fearing AI. <laughs> AI is a calculator. It's well, a tool. You, you remember uh, Walking Dead? Did you see the movie The Walking Dead? I've seen a couple of them, yeah. It only took me about three or four episodes to figure out Walking Dead is not about the zombies. They are not the scary things in that movie. It's other people. People are scary. The SAG Afro right now, the little strikes that's going on, mm -hmm. this is people choosing to not pay other people, saying we're going to keep it because. And so AI is like that. AI, people talk about artificial intelligence. There's no life in there. There's no sentience. It can't do anything until you do something with it. Until you ask it. It's like yeah. when they made a nail and the nail and the hammer got together and put that board together and someone said, I got a screw and a screwdriver. The nail didn't suddenly become irrelevant. Right. The nail got useless because the screw is better. Look at what it can do. The screwdriver's feeling pretty good. Look at me. I don't get beat up. And someone came up with the electric drill. Mm -hmm. the screwdriver went by the side. We always make tools. AI is a tool. It's a calculator that calculates words, pictures, images, whatever, because of what we ask it to do. That's right. And we can only be as good as, it can only be as good as we make it. Because Thank you. if someone gives you a sports car, and you're just learning to drive, you cannot utilize it to its full potential. Cannot. You wouldn't know how to do donuts, you wouldn't know how to stop quick, you wouldn't know how to turn around, you wouldn't know any of those things because you haven't had the experience with it. So AI, and I've heard people saying they were afraid of it too, they don't use it for small things because they say, well I can do it. But the idea of having AI is so that you don't have to, you can Thank do you. other things. Right. You don't need to just get down and pull up all the weeds, you have a weed chopper that does and it And now you can so go and say, which weeds should I be chopping? It. See, my thing was, I started reading late in life, and as a result of that, I have this recording I play every now and then, and by me saying this isn't helping any. <clears throat> AI makes me feel so happy because I use it for all of my writing, basically. But I read well enough yeah. to know if it's saying what I want it to say. You know what's interesting? When I wrote this book, I tried writing with AI. I tried using AI prompts and whatnot. But what I got back wasn't me or my voice or what I wanted to say. I tried all the different ways. I went to all the different sites. I've tried everything. I've, uh, I've really played with AI a lot. I'm going to send you my book. And I sat down. You know what I did? I just wrote for five hours a day. I said, this is what I want to say. Okay. I use AI to help me with finding pieces that I wanted to evaluate. But I did not put it in the book. It just didn't have my voice. What I did was I wrote a book about me through AI. AI cannot do that unless I give it all the information. Right. So the way I gave them the information, I, r yeah. I realized I was writing my whole story. But it's easy because I'm going to feed this in. Now make it sound better. Right. That's all I want you to do. Absolutely. Make this sound better about me. And I read it and say, oh, that's, that's, that, no that way. That pretty good. I didn't realize. <laughs> that sounds good here. Just a little good. blurb about me. <laughs> In the introduction, that was AI. Yeah, okay. Because I, like you, I gave it all my That's stuff. Right. Here's all my stuff. Here's what I did. That's right. You tell it back to me. And I That's went, right. well, I wouldn't have said it that way. But I, I like what you That's did. That's the way you say it. But that's the way you say it. 
It's like if you have a blemish and the camera doesn't pick it up. You don't say, oh, no, no, we got put to it back put that, in. Back, <laughs> that back in there, no. That's what AI is to me. It allows you to be as eloquent as you want to be, but you have to still understand it. If you don't understand what being eloquent is, you won't, you won't be able to see it anyway, so it doesn't matter. It. And find the right tool. So ChatGPT is behind a lot of other AI tools. It is. The, the open AI concept, by the way, you know how much they spend on electricity and power processing all the requests around the world? $500 million a day. Is that right? Who's paying that? Hmm. I, I don't know, but that's a lot of information. It's really a calculator. It pulls out all words, assigns a factor, mm -hmm. and pulls it back. So it is not sentient. It's not a fearful thing. Go out, use it. Make the best use of it. And yes, I am using it. It's behind. It's a layer two it. down in where I'm going. Yeah. I use because I can't come up with... The number of things that I'm building right now to get to the end state would probably have taken me and a team two to three months. I'm doing the whole thing in about three weeks now. We're almost done. i got a week to go of putting all the pieces together. It's incredible. So yes, how do I get... I'm going to offer value. There's a young man I know, uh, kind of came across him by accident, named Ryan Levesque. I'll talk about when the uh, students are the master up here. I've looked for other people to emulate online. How do you get online and share your services, bring your value forward? I want to show people how to learn Japanese, show them how easy it is. I want to take people from that, I can't, I can't, it's too difficult to, like you said, one year from now, you're going to be fluent. And what is fluent? That's right. That's true, too. I hear people talking about fluent as being mastery. I said, well, in that case, most Japanese are fluent. No one is then, because yeah. there's always a word they don't know. Uh, fluency, I think it's a, the idea of fluency is being able to speak on, I, I would have to say for me, fluency would be being able to speak generally. Yes. Because if I were a policeman, I have my own yes. words. If I'm a doctor, my own words. So each one has a group of words and a way of phrasing it that identify you in that area. Absolutely. But a general conversation, yes, I'm fluent. And that's the fluency you're looking that's for. That's what we're looking for. We're looking, right. the person who's not fluent, they're translating all the time. They take a word and they go, I want the other word, la otra mane. And they go, I'm gonna get that word. And they spend their entire conversation looking up words. But we never talk that way. I'm not looking up words right now. I'm looking at you, I have a thought, the thought comes out. That's fluent. If I hear a new word I've never heard before, I match it with some other thoughts, and I go, it probably means this. From the context, I'm, I might get it wrong, but more than likely I'm gonna get it right. It's a new word and I can still communicate. I'm not stuck with that word. That's fluency, and that's where I think people can get to easily in two years. Challenge, one year. When did you get your interest in speaking languages? Oh, I grew up in the Virgin Islands, and everywhere I, I went, that. someone was speaking a different language, so. Because of the tourism? Well, we're a U.S. Virgin Islands. Yes. But we're St. Thomas, a yeah. mile away from Puerto Rico. Right. And so every weekend, we have a whole crowd of people coming over There's to Florida. There's from all over the world, yeah. Well, it's primarily it's Puerto Rico, more than all over the world, because I didn't see any people from all over the world. I saw Puerto Rico. Okay, okay. And they were blah, 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 blah. like, what are you speaking? But how is that different languages from all over? You mean you just heard people speaking That's Spanish? That's what started it. I heard oh, them speaking oh, I Spanish. I got you, okay. And I said, there's other languages. Now I'm curious, what is this thing called other languages? 
And that's when I went looking for people who didn't speak Spanish or English. Like, what, is, what else is out there? And I didn't have a lot of experience with other languages, but I would literally, I got to New York. And now I'm in heaven. We got people speaking, all speaking English, but with different accents. Wait, the accents are all different. So, you know, I learned how to speak this kind of accent. And when I go to speak with my Russian friends, they, they really think it's quite funny. <laughs> and they, you know, hey, I'm, uh, I'm on the street there. Hey, I'm walking here. And you learn to use your hands the way people speak. Everyone speaks different. When you speak Japanese, you get stiff. I watched the guy who's native English and Japanese, perfect on both. And I watched him speak in English. He's, he's all loosey in his hands like, hey, hey, what's that? And he turned over and spoke Japanese. Oh, so we go to this. Oh, oh, mm, mm. I'm like, whoa, same guy? That's what I want to do. When you switch languages, it's not words. It's, it's the whole it's package. It's the whole package, that's right. And that's what I want to show with people. Right. If I show you the little key points to pick up on, you do the rest. Your brain's ready to go. No one I've taught has relapsed. But another thing, once you learn a word, you can't unlearn. Do you know that? You cannot unlearn something. If you learn baka and you know what it means, I don't care how little Japanese know, you'll hear that word anywhere in a room. You hear it, you're like, I don't speak Japanese, but I know what he said. <laughs> you can't forget it. So if you have a habit you're trying to get rid of, if you have a language you're trying to learn, it doesn't matter the brain, it's all, it's all the same thing, it's a synapse. You have to have a stronger synapse somewhere else. So you just have to repeat it. Synapses grow by repetition. Oh, this is so easy. That's all I have to do is repeat it? Yes. See it, hear it, speak it, write it. Read it for understanding, read it for, pro for pronunciation. That's all you have to do, five things. That's it, five minutes, three minutes, five times a day, three times a day, it doesn't matter. It's every day in one year, you are fluent. It is easy stuff. I'm gonna get people to pay me to do that. I'm gonna show them how to do it. Give them this talent that's hidden inside their brain. A year from now, let's figure out what we do next. Dylan, I'm gonna end on that note. This is beautiful note. Fantastic. Always. <laughs> One of my favorite guys, Dylan. This is fantastic. Never forget, it's all on loan. So continue to reach for the stars. Because you're too blessed to be stressed.